So now we're going to start doing this uh, a lot. More consistently, right? Yeah, it's Dope, just because that's what, the whole thing about podcasts. You have to be consistent. You have to release like mm-hmm. episodes either weekly or bi-weekly or if it's whatever you're, however you release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Mind sure. you, we still had like 500 downloads in November. We didn't release a single episode. That's great. That's just on the actual like podcast is up. I, don't, I didn't check YouTube. And that's just like organically. not Yeah, it's like... literally nothing. We don't post. We haven't done right, right, anything. It's okay. We can always edit and post. It's fine. Do, oh. do you do the editing for yours? Yeah, I do. Okay. What's your podcast called? Tell the people. Uh, so you can check us out at Life in Microdoses. This is myself and Andre, and it's a podcast sponsored by Schedule 35. We talk about life and microdosing. <laughs> <laughs> what got you into microdosing? Uh, jumping right into it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good segue. Like your podcast obviously has to do with your, your startup. Yeah, for sure. Hey, you got great teeth too. I was about to say the same thing about you. Nah, Holy okay. crap, you got nice bro. Teeth, man. You got nice teeth. I feel like you have a better smile than me, though. I've only seen you like twice. I think it was on King Street, Drunken Nights, Will introduced us. Probably. Every time I see this guy, just like smiling. Amazing smile. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no you got nice teeth, though. I like it. <laughs> I appreciate George that. George got nice teeth, too. <laughs> uh, anyways. Hold on. What an interesting intro. Oh, I, I like it. that. Uh, Schedule 35, microdosing. How'd you get into it? Yeah, so this was uh, a few months before the pandemic hit. Uh, a lot of my friends and I have heard about microdosing. We're the type of people who want to like always like self-optimize, trying to be as creative as possible, trying to be as focused as possible. And we always heard about this thing called microdosing from like people in California, right? A lot of uh, Silicon uh, Valley engineers take it. A lot of like just smart, you know, tech co-founders or whatever the whatever the case, right? Um, so we're like, fuck it, let's try this thing. Wait, are we allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I said, fuck it. Let, let's let's try this thing. You know, like, let's, you know, we, we've done shrooms before. You know, we, we knew it was shroom related. Like, how, how bad could it be? Or, you know, let's investigate. And then so began the journey. We decided to Google it. <laughs> Where to buy shrooms in Canada? Because I think usually we just got it off, like, one of our friends from university or something like that. But friend of a friend of a friend or something. Yeah, it's kind of like that, right? Like, yo, yo, who has the shroom? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so we hit up Google. And that's when we realized, like, a lot of these websites were really janky, really sketchy looking, and just didn't really make you feel confident in the purchase. So even before we got into microdosing, like, our business side of our brain was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. You know, there's an opportunity here just because a lot of us uh, have business outside of Schedule 35. So we kind of just keep these things in mind, right? And then we, we got the shrooms. We try it out, you know, it comes in a whole bag and you have to grind it up in your blender then weigh it and get a little scale. And it's just like a pain in the ass because one of the most important things with microdosing is being accurate with the dosing, right? So if you take a bit too much or a bit too little, then you're kind of going to not really hit your target of what you really want to go for. So like while all this is going on, we're like logging all these experiences in our mind, you know, and then as we microdose, we notice all the benefits, all the changes you know, we actually feel more creative, more energetic, more into our work and then more spiritual and more understanding and more like, yo, this is like amazing. Why isn't the world doing this? So we decided to create Schedule 35 and then that's when the world shut down and it gave us 
the perfect excuse to all focus on this and like work on it. And that's how that's where we are today. Uh, how many how many guys or how many people involved in schedule thirty? So there's five of us, but the team is around like ten people in total now. Yeah, yeah. George, have you have you ever tried schedule no. thirty five? No. Never. I know you had I remember yeah. I haven't tried it. Have you tried shrooms in general? Yeah. Good experience? Yeah. I'm micro- I've done I've micro okay, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just trying to be like I usually and I would probably usually say this on the podcast, but like whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um yeah, I've tried. And actually I did notice like I was like more like calm. A little more creative. I was trying to like figure out, like, to your point, like kind of figure out what the right spot is. And that's what I was going to ask you. Is right. there like a, a sweet spot? Um, is it okay? So the when you determine the dose, it, like it's hard to find the accurate, like you know, um, the right kind of mixes. You go too much, you make it a little bit, you know, too much of that kind of euphoria feeling. Too little, it's kind of that weird zone. Is it? Is there a common like dosage for the average person? Is it very based on your size, your height, your gender? It definitely varies a lot. It varies even for me. Like if I don't have breakfast that morning then I know the dosage will affect me differently. It's kind of like drinking before, uh, like it's like if, if you take a shot or two and if you had dinner or not. You know what I mean? You kind of know your tolerance based on how your day was going already. Um, and it takes a bit of time to figure out. Like, I don't know if you guys are into edibles or not, like cannabis edibles. Like, do you remember that process of taking one little gummy, two gummies, how you felt, and maybe taking too much and you were on the couch for like four hours? The Honestly, I... Georgie knows this. The only ones I've taken are Buddha Bomb, which I think is kind right. of, I don't know if it's your business or one of your Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buddha Bomb was uh, a friend of ours' businesses and yeah. I was help doing marketing for them. So that's why like, we got into Schedule 35 so easily. It's like take the Buddha Bomb blueprint and apply it to shrooms. Is microdosing legal? I have no idea. It's a really big gray area. It's, okay. not, it's not legal yet, no. No? No. But there is stuff, correct if I'm wrong, um, there's something, was it Vancouver or Washington State or like somewhere on the West Coast that is either legalizing or decriminalizing um, yeah. psilocybin or something? And sorry, so everyone knows to clarify, maybe people know, but just so they understand, we're talking about microdosing because there is different kinds, yeah. right? We're talking about psilocybin, yeah, like psilocybin, mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. You guys don't do anything else, just that's what you focus just on. Just psilocybin at okay. the moment, yeah. And sorry, to go back to the point, there are they like decriminalizing or legalizing it? Like on So the in the Coast? States, there's a bunch of states that have decriminalized it already. Okay. Uh, federally in the States, it's still legal. Uh, in Canada, I think Vancouver has decriminalized a lot of hard drugs. Because um, Vancouver has like those clinics where y- you they'll give you the needles to like, safe injection, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So we have that too in Ontario, right? Yeah, oh, we have. I now? think so now. Yeah, yeah. down the street from here. That's oh, crazy! I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lake Shore and Strawn. There's one. Oh, that's insane. There's yeah. a couple now. I, I don't know the when I saw them pop one? up. Yeah. yeah, but they did start out there for sure. Like the West Coast. Well, not for sure. So I shouldn't say that. Daniel, can you check that? They're usually more yeah. ahead for like, sure. For sure. Yeah, they're more just more chill about these things than us. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, weed was legal in the, I guess, the West, most, like the U.S. Yeah, and the Canadian. US, no, but Canada legalized it all at once, I think. Federally? Yeah. Yeah. Because that was okay. Trudeau's big thing. That's why he got elected. Interesting. Ele- maybe not why he got elected, but that was a big One problem. of his big parts. But, but I'm sure even before it was legalized, there were probably little, like, pop-up dispensaries in Vancouver that the cops were, like, overlooking. Remember there was like, that one in... Uh, there's only two here, Cafe. Yeah, the one in uh, City Place. Was yeah, that yeah. Cafe that was there, and there's one on Harvard and Street. I always, I always didn't understand. I'm like, hey, I know it's illegal, but there's a store... Yeah, which yeah. doesn't make sense because how do they just not get raided like every other day? Well, they usually that one did get raided like every it, day. It, it yeah, got yeah. raided once a week. They, they and they yeah. got that by the end of it when it, when it did become legal in Canada, when stores like we were opening yeah, dispensaries, everywhere. they started like blocking the building. They did you see the, the yeah? Picture? They put center blocks the center, in front they of put it. these. You know the mass like not yeah, yeah, exactly got, yeah the big square ones. They put like nine three by three and blocked the building entrance. So the people who had the building couldn't get in. Like there's no way into the building. 
Maybe from the inside, but you couldn't get into the door because they blocked them both here at Harvard Street, City Place and Harvard wow. Street. It was all over the news. I yeah, because it, it was still profitable for them to, even though we get raided once a week, we're gonna keep, you know, we're gonna keep. So sure. I again, I don't know how true this story is, but I heard that they were getting raided once a week and they didn't keep cash on on site because they would take it away every day at six or seven, and they were open till nine because they knew the raids always came at like. Right, right. Oh, really? So they would take the cash off site and they would leave like ten grand or something, and they were making so much money that it didn't for matter. sure. Even though they were getting raided once a week, they were still made, and then they were also getting like robbed once a week too or something. Wow. But they still made money. Again, well, for don't like know how uh, true this is, but... But, like, on that point, we'll jump back just... But, like, that point, you have to think about it, right? Like, even though it was, like, technically an illegal place, like, if somebody went there, like, the average Joe, you know, like, uh, a 35, 40-year-old dad who works on Bay Street probably doesn't have, like, a, a, a regular... I mean, this is an assumption. The average person, I say, doesn't have an like, everyday weed or, or edible dealer, I would say. Yeah, I would... Make, right? I would so, like, very fair yeah, so, like, to go there and, like, the odds of you being there when a raid happens and you pop in and out quickly, pay cash, get your stuff and go, like, they probably made a crazy amount of money and, and yeah. I would, like, you know, being a city place, like, you're in the most densely populated area of, like, young adults. It was always a line up there. It was crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Packed. Yeah. Cra and you remember, they're in and out, like, their turnaround is probably insane. Yeah. Like, your average consumer, a customer's in there for, what, five minutes? Yeah, you're not Max? hanging around. Like, you're, like, no. <laughs> I in, so, I walked You've into been, my, It's kind of sketchy inside. I walked into my first marijuana, like, actual, like, marijuana store to buy edibles, actually, today, and, and CBD. Uh, I went into, your first time going in today? Going into, a like, a physical store was today. Shut right? up. <clears throat> About 30 minutes ago. So, I, or an hour ago. Oh, now. wow. So, I walked in. They had free tickets to Jaw Rule on Saturday. Show oh, the best fuck. store in the city. When this uh, when this airs, Jaw Rule's already going to be passed. Wait, they were passed, they were giving out free tickets? So, so Civilian is owned by Inc., which I didn't know. So they posted on Instagram or something saying free tickets to Jaw Rule if you sign up for their whatever program. All you got to do is go into the store. You don't even have to buy anything. Just go into the store and say <laughs> you're interested in going to this concert and sign up for the whatever. Sort of. Oh, so oh, that's why you went for the tickets. Well, no, I, well, and I wanted to get some edibles and I wanted CBD. <laughs> Rick will go very far, a lot of yeah. place for Jaw Rule. Man, are you kidding? Sorry, continue. $30 stay. tickets. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I walked in and first off, the place is like very clean, very nice, well lit, like decluttered, looks beautiful, which I'm assuming a lot of them do look really nice, but Civilian on Queen West looked really nice. I walked in, I was like, hey, look, want some edibles and CBD. They're like, hey, what kind do you like? I'm like, look, I know nothing about CBD or THC or whatever. I just, you know, I'm an average dude. I just want to take them before bed. And whatever. So I buy, I grab some, chatting with the ladies. I sit, ended up sitting there for about 20 minutes, half an hour. Just, just chatting with them, talking. They're like, oh, I'm like, look, do you guys have tickets for Jaw Rule? They're like, yeah, no problem. Sign up for this. I signed up. How many do you want? I'm like, I don't know. How many tickets can I get? They're like, yo, you can get up to four. I was like, or no, they didn't even say. I was like, oh, can I have four? They're like, yeah, I was like, sick. Put me down plus three. So I got four tickets to Jaw Rule Saturday night. And I signed sick. up for this, whatever. So I got 20% off my purchase. I ended up spending 40 bucks. It's not bad. Sounds like a great time. Yeah, honestly, and the really nice people who started chatting, they're like, oh, they gave me the history on the store, and the civilian is owned by Inc., which also owns Wink and another brand. Alyssa works for that brand. Cool. Um, I can't remember, but anyways, it's cool. Like, as a normal everyday, well, I guess I'm not a normal everyday consumer. As a first-time consumer, I thought that was really cool. Like, great first experience. Yeah, it's it's insane now how many dispensaries there are downtown. Yeah, I think it, that's actually crazy. So many. It's insane. So many, like, and... Yeah, just so many. And but you can tell. So again, I'm not like an expert in this stuff. I actually like I typically go to like the, the dispensaries um for like C B D related products, C B D gummy stuff like that for like anti inflammatory, more like calming. Are there gummies um, for just C B D just C B D, yeah, like ten milligrams to like point five, point one. Um there's not many like you, you could know there's the ones that have been around for a while that are really good. Um I haven't frequented like every store. I've been to a couple of the big ones. I will say the best store, Canvas. There's a new store at Harvard Street. Go check it out. 
Shout a lot out. of free plugs here. Shout right? out to the uh, sponsors. Shout out to the people at Canvas. <laughs> Honestly, very clean, very nice store, and the people there are like really knowledgeable. You just tell them like you talk to them, they like kind of. Anyways, their staff are really good, but the store's got a great aesthetic. But the thing is too is like when I walk into like that store, even some of the other ones, I won't name them because Canvas is my favorite. But there's like the, the ones that are starting to expand more, and they're nice. Like you like you notice them. Like wait, this place probably makes like is profitable. But then you see like I saw one, and I won't name it to put it on blast, but opened in my area in Mimico, and it. Ripped off, a, like, a, I think it took a name, like, play on words of, like, an alcohol brand. Oh, and I, I was thought like, it was the one that looks like No Frills. No, but I, I looked at it, and I was like, I was like, you know, you're, you're creative. Like, your brand is, like, you took a, <laughs> took the brand that exists that is a different space and used that. You know, it's not very aesthetically looking. It, like, you know, walking, this was kind of like, did you, like, are you making money here? Are you doing it just to jump on the wagon? What's the alcohol brand that it resembles? I don't want to say because anybody knows it. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel you say bad. the alcohol brand it's that it's champagne. Doing. It's a champagne okay. brand. Okay. Gotcha. Um, I think I know. What and it took it, ripped the name off and used it. It's similar. Um, but sorry, to your point, like you see them pop up everywhere, and I was like, you know, I see them pop up in the middle of Mimico, and like there's not many people around, no foot traffic, and I'm like, I'm like, how is this gonna make money here? You know, and I, I don't know if maybe they are super profitable. I don't know. I don't know the, the economics of it, but I feel like it's like also the cool thing now they're, because they're popping up so much, and everybody wants to get you know to jump on the wagon and open their stores like yeah. you know why open a coffee shop like open a weed dispensary or whatever it is um i feel like it's kind of like that remember five to seven years ago the big trend was like all these like custom gyms open up like that big f45 yeah, yeah. orange theory um fit factory all those yeah, kind yeah. of chains that opened up and now you see them literally everywhere in downtown toronto you can't walk more than a kilometer without yeah, is that forty five over there? Yeah, they're yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like I feel everywhere. like the marijuana stores are the same thing, yeah. or cannabis stores, whatever they're technically called. Uh, on that point, are you allowed to sell Schedule Thirty Five inside stores, or no? Is it just strictly online? Strictly online. Uh, so the stores, but not even in like a cannabis store. Well, the legal ones wouldn't want to jeopardize their license, okay? Because technically, we're not allowed to yet. Got so it. we work with a bunch of gray area dispensaries, okay? Yeah, yeah. And, like, what's the biggest challenge for you guys? I know, like, you, we were talking about earlier, like, our stuff keeps selling out and everything like that. Like, if it's fair to ask you, what is, like, the biggest challenge you face as your business, like, today? Not starting up and everything, but even, like, right now. Is it, like, you know, are you plagued by this, like, gray area waiting for it to become legal that would make it a lot easier to operate? Does that not affect you? And it's more, like, how you sell it, where you sell it? Like, what, what's the biggest challenge you guys face today? Yeah, there's definitely a bunch of, a bunch of challenges. I mean, uh, one earlier that happened maybe like six months ago was, you know, GoDaddy found out what we were doing and they, you know, took away our domain. Um, so at really? first oh, we were shit. schedule35.com. Now we're schedule35.co. Um, but small little inconveniences like that, like really, that's not a small inconvenience. That's a, I would call that a big, yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's a big <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> how you sell your product. Yeah. Like, and a lot of, co now you have to kind of retrain your customers. This is the website you go to. This is the website you go to. And a lot of times they don't even realize it. It's like, oh, they just type in .com because they have their saved on the browser or whatever. And then they're like, oh, these guys are down. That way, that's interesting. So they shut your, they took away your domain. They took it back for you. <coughs> yeah. But is it Crazy. like, that's interesting because like, well, sorry, I guess how can they do this? Did they give you a reason or anything? Like, is there like a grounds when you agree to buy off GoDaddy? They could say, yeah, I think it's in the fine print when you like, you know, make your purchase that you nobody, know, the thing that hey, nobody I'm not going to sell shrooms online. This might be a technical, <laughs> <laughs> this might be a technical question. Like, what if you were like, what if you were a business operating out of say like Portugal, where Portugal's decriminalized like all drugs, like yeah. everything? You could sell. A pr I don't know what you can sell, but I don't like Portugal. Like every drug is like decriminalized. You can't go to jail for holding like heroin and like you know opioids and stuff like that. You can sell it. So like. Yeah, so like what if 
We just like Shit, yeah, we're we business in like we may need to go to Portugal. Gotta, the, the but you know what I mean? Like can't hear yeah. her, so we gotta get a mic or yeah, yeah. We should mic Danielle up. Danielle um, said that you, in Portugal you can buy or sell any drugs, which is interesting. How does that make sense? And Brazil, because they decriminal they dec- they were the first country to decriminalize um, possession. I don't know all the details. I believe it, you know just because there's a lot of theories, and I actually like reading a book right now called. Uh, Drug Use for Adults by Carl Hart, who's like a Columbia professor, and he talks a lot about it as well. Um, yeah, he was at, uh, he spoke at a psychedelic conference I was at recently. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe you might even know more about him than, than I do, but he, a really interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. Very open about his drug use, and he yeah. works like at the University of Columbia doing research. Um, but he talks about it in his book, but I remember even before that hearing a stat that since Portugal, Daniel, you're going to have to fact check this, since Portugal decriminalized drugs so you can carry and go not go to jail, their crime rate, I think, is one of the, like, drug-related crimes, I think, is, like, the lowest of any country, maybe. I could be wrong, but, or something to do with, like, it's down to, like, some stat around, like, 6% or, or oh, maybe it's overdoses. Your, your brother said something I think like their that. overdoses have gone down to, like, 6 There's been positive gains by doing it. 40 to 15% drug-related, and then what's the overdose rate that's gone down? Because I know that that was another effect that it's had. Well, if they decriminalized it, the prisoner rate would go down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, yeah. That's yeah, yeah, a, yeah. an obvious that's, that's one. Yeah. Fault, but. No, but it does make, uh, like in Amsterdam, where almost yeah. everything is legal, like yeah. it is a really a safe place. Like yeah. J- yeah. you just regulate, you know, the the industry more. Yeah. Well, the thing know, is, it, it basically destroys like the black market, yeah. right? And that's yeah. when like, you see crime happens. Yeah, yeah it's like, exactly. Again, again, I'm not an expert in this by any means, but you think about it. If you know where something's being made, and my dad actually said this today because he said some, he said something about selling dope, and I was like, Dad, what is dope? <laughs> yeah. Wait, I'm your like, dad said that. My dad says, Oh, maybe they're selling dope. He said it like in a phrase. I was like, Dad, tell me what selling dope is. What is dope? He's like, like marijuana. I was like, We know where marijuana is made now. We can literally, you can go to a store, buy it, and trace it to its factory or to its crop field. Or yeah, you yeah. can actually trace it now. So technically, you know what you're smoking. But 10 years ago, before it was cr- decriminalized or before it was legal, you don't know where yeah, this stuff is Yeah, you have no made. idea. Yeah, you know, yeah. like you got some guy who's got a plant in his backyard throwing pesticides on it or whatever. Like even well, today, weed, like, Weed's not even the worst, too. Like imagine, imagine like an opioid. Yeah, 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 yeah. You hear about drugs. fentanyl and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's like at least if they decriminalize and it's made in a factory somewhere, at least you know there's safety protocols, there's procedures put in place to make sure that it's I don't want to say clean shit, but at least you know it's yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhat safe. So what, Danielle? Overdose deaths decreased by like 80%. Repeat that. Decreased by 80%. So overdose, sorry, say it again, overdose-related deaths in, in Portugal, uh, when they decriminalized drugs, decrim- uh, decreased by over 80%, and HIV-related transmission was down to what? 52% to 6%. Oh, that's crazy. That's insane. And so, HIV and even Carl, to, yeah, I guess yeah, to yeah, the yeah. point about Carl Hart, we're kind of jumping all over the place, but this is kind of fitting, but even Carl Hart said, like, one of the things um, that's interesting is, like, there's um there's like, this paper that's an authority, uh, it's, it's like a scientific, scientific America type thing. It's the authority of, like, drug-related and um, psychological, uh, psych, um, not psychological, but, like, um, neurological-related, psychoactive type stuff, like, the, stuff related to the brain and, like, health. Um and he believes that they overblow them, the U.S. media and, and, and governments in general, overblow the effects of drugs. Like marijuana was a Schedule One drugs back in the seventies. They thought you know it made people like try to take advantage of women and stuff like that. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want to stereotype, but they used to say like you know people of color and all that and immigrants. Um, but it's interesting, right? Because like when you start to see it, like you know, it was decriminalized in Canada, like the crime go up in Canada because if, if anything, I would say people probably 
like again the black market's gone down but the interesting study is portugal because portugal decriminalized every single drug and like to see crimes go crime go down all these things is a byproduct of it it's pretty crazy and right you see like still the states like in the south are still pushing to keep stuff you know like schedule one narcotics i think is, is psilocybin Schedule uh, so psilocybin is schedule three in Canada and schedule one in the U.S. Which is crazy. So, yeah. Sorry, what's schedule the, one sorry, is what's the difference? Uh, one is the highest. So one it's is a, like, like heroin, is heroin, meth, like so. Mushrooms are the same. Yeah, mushrooms it, are the same in, in the, the U.S. Yeah. in the states. That's cr- like yeah. Well, yeah, weed, it's weed, completely marijuana different. was also schedule one, I think, until until recently in the states. Meaning, like that, the, the schedule one, imp- I think, implies there's no therapeutic. Yeah, um, there's no ben- there's no benefit therapeutic use. benefits. It's just it's just drugs. Strictly yeah. a recreational yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, which is crazy because like there's studies that prove like MDMA helps with like PTSD. Yeah, psilocybin yeah. helps with certain things. Go ahead. Do crime? Uh, does the level of the crime is it associated with the level of the drug? So let's say selling I don't know a pound of marijuana is that worse if it's level three now or if it's I think so. I think you're, I know it, you're getting it. I think you're right the, I guess to say if the a drug pressure. is level one in Canada and you're selling that versus a, a drug that's level three are the crime rates different or the same Does anybody know? I think it's in the category I think if, if anything is a, if it's all scheduled one then it's all super Similar. bad whether you have a pound of shrooms or a pound of coke and then yeah. level three, it's kind of like okay, it's still bad, but yeah, it's just not less as less bad. penalties, less fines. And then we can or yeah, yeah flinging like painkillers or something. I yeah. forget how we got onto this topic. We're talking about Carl Hart conference. Conference. Actually, I did want to ask more about that, but funny random story. While I was in that civilian store, they uh, I was telling them like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I have this podcast. They're like, oh, what's the podcast about? I'm like, oh, it's uh, about kind of it's a lifestyle podcast. Everything but sex, drugs, and politics. I'm like, oh, who's on today? I was like. <laughs> guy does microdosing shows shrooms. I'm like, yeah. so I thought it wasn't no drugs. I was like, yeah, it's kind of a weird one, I guess. This is our forte. New season, new year. Boom. <laughs> we talk drugs on the podcast now. Wait, um, was there a specific reason you guys didn't do sex and drugs and uh, politics? We stay away from that, like the stuff that po- can politics kind of is easy to, to ignore, right? Like yeah, nobody yeah. likes talking Too much, about yeah. it. Yeah, 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 for sure. And um, then, but sex? just in general, like you know, we have like you know moms. families, our moms, moms listener, you know, relationships our moms are like our that. biggest listeners. And the drug stuff was more like you know careers and all that stuff, and you just you never know. And I mean, again, it's kind of like this gray area. Like certain things you can kind of talk about, other things yeah, you yeah. Kind of tread lightly on, but. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad we made the cut. To get you on for a while, like it's something microdosing is something that's all interests me since. Yeah, how did how did you get into it? You. Oh shit! Okay. You were 100. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about microdosing. Oh, shrooms or like any of that stuff. And then I remember, I think you reached out to me on on Instagram or something. Like again, we kind of know each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not boys, but like we know each other through, I guess, Will and just the industry, right? And we used to see each other lost and found all the time. And then uh, you reached out. You're like, hey, like, do you, do you want some? I'll send you some and whatever. And that was my first for, foray into it. Oh, you're yeah. brave. I know. It's like, I send you stuff online. Just I let me take it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's like the riskiest way to do it. Hey, this no. guy seems legit. He's going to send me, no. send me psilocybin through Instagram. No, oh, man. Yeah. So I always had a, a, like a curiosity about drugs. Uh, I took a course at Western. Um, I forget what it was actually called. But it was basically about just like modern day drugs. Uh-huh. Kind of like the history and how it's used now. And uh, microdosing was kind of a little small chapter within the kind of the shroom category. And oh, I that was at u- university? Yeah, oh, so you had a little bit of a long time ago. Yeah. But I've always thought it was interesting. And you know, a fun fact, I've always said this. On my deathbed, I'm going to try heroin. <laughs> on my deathbed, I want to try heroin. You might as well. If I'm going to die, I want to yeah. die. Uh, I guess yeah, we're talking about drugs on this podcast. Well, you, when I'm 90, you th- nobody listening is probably going to be around anymore anyways. <laughs> well, I guess some of us would but be. On yeah, that. Uh, even LSD, I want to try on my deathbed. Well, there's... 
just on that topic as well, there's mic- people microdose. I don't, is it yeah. acid, LSD? I can't remember if it's the same. LSD. 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 Yeah. And like that to me, like, you know, it, it's funny. Like when you grow up, I mean, for myself, at least as a kid, so like I've, I've microdosed, not LSD, like psilocybin. Um, like, you know, I think I noticed like the, the the good traits of it. Like there was nothing psychoactive when I did. Like I wasn't like hallucinating or anything. Right. Felt like more calm, more chill. Creative, I don't know about so much. I didn't really like tap into it. I was kind of like just trying to do nothing and see what, what I could think of. Um, but it's funny when you're like as a kid, you know, you hear about LSD and acid and mushrooms and it's like this crazy like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, if you do it too much, if someone does too much or has a bad trip, it stays in your brain forever on these things. Yeah, it's yeah. really interesting how you hear that when you're young and it's made to be perceived that way in like movies and all that. But today... Um, you hear people like microdose and you have the positive effects of it. You hear people that just, you know, do it and, and kind of get to this like, you know, deep understanding. You know, you listen to podcasts, people talk about um like I've listened to like Terrence McKenna and a couple other guys talk about like, You know all this room people. Yeah, like and I actually read a book. I read <laughs> a book. These are called, big names in this room industry. Uh, in I read a book world. called My Psilocybin Guide or something. It just talks about like the basic stuff, right. just beginner stuff. Um and it's just really interesting to see like how it's portrayed. Yeah. Not, yeah. Maybe not so much today, back in the day when you're young. And then today when you actually understand, like dive in, understand it, know that it comes from the earth and all these things um, and all the positive effects of it and how it's starting to slowly catch on to the mainstream. And I think, you know, like, it, you know, even though you guys kind of are like this, like, you know, you said gray area now, I think that it's great that you kind of got in at that point. It's like kind of like pioneers uh, because I do see the trend going that way. I think people are realizing like, you know, it's not the scary, scary thing. Like, it comes from the earth. It grows, like, in the soil. Yeah, yeah. You know, we put stuff in our bodies at McDonald's and the pharmacy yeah, 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 that are made in a, in a lab. No matter how much they're controlled, like, you don't know everything that goes into it. Like, a mushroom is grown in the soil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it comes from the same as marijuana, right? But it's portrayed to be this crazy thing that's going to kill you or whatever. Like, I think there's, like, there's no one's ever yeah, died, I think, off... off uh, no. There's no recorded story, I think, of someone dying off mu- taking psilocybin, like... I not think. directly. Yeah, not yeah. I don't think anyway, so. sorry, I went a little yeah. tangent. But there, to be but honest, that's uh, back to like the obstacles that we have. That probably is one of the biggest obstacles that we have is kind of like retraining people and re-educating them uh, to overcome the stigma that shrooms will ruin your brain and you'll be, you know, just, you know, you'll go crazy and you'll want to jump off a cliff or you'll, you know, whatever it is. That is the reason why I said, oh, you're you're brave for taking that because we have. We, We've had uh, rare instances where customers have actually purchased our product, but still been too scared to take it. Really? Yeah, which is a crazy thing from a business owner's perspective. It's like, okay, we managed to find you, convince you to make you purchase, but yet you're still oh, scared the hardest to, part. to try the product. Yeah. You know, so it's a, such an interesting time right now where it's like all these drugs are coming back into, you know, uh, they're coming back into society with new research new studies proving the you know the helpful effects of it but there's like the old way of thinking and it's like they're like fighting each other head on mm-hmm. yeah i think well the biggest thing for you guys is about education right yeah. just you know teaching people that you know it's not bad especially in small very small amounts like it can be very good for you and i've, I've taken it obviously and me and you have spoken about it but for me it's i don't know if it's the placebo effect or if it, if it really works but at the same time if you can t- if you can take something you know on the packages it says how much to take you know take one every 3 days but obviously like the first time you take it be wary and just know your kind of levels and i did it i was taking maybe two a week kind of thing yeah. and i enjoyed it whether it's again the placebo effect where it's the idea that you're taking something and you think it's you're it's working cuz you're taking it or whatever uh but for me i thought it worked and i liked it and then i you guys sent me the loved ones after again 
Don't know if it was working, but in my mind, I felt good, <laughs> right? So if I feel good, fuck, what's the bad? What's the harm part? So I took those, and you guys had another one too. It was the super tonic or something? I think. You yeah. Guys so had. we have the lover dose, which has uh, goat horns or something. Uh, has horny goat weed. That was it. Uh, goat horns. Horny <laughs> close, I guess. <laughs> it was close. I knew I, when you said that. I knew what he was gonna say. Cause I've heard that before, and it's a funny word to me. Goat horns. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So uh, outside of the the. The microdose products that we have, we wanted to create two more lifestyle ones where in addition to the shrooms, which has a lot of mental benefits, a lot of like, you know, brain health benefits and all that kind of stuff, we wanted just body health. So one was the overdose targeted for like male and female, you know, sex health. And then the superior tonic, which is overall body health. It has like spirulina, bee pollen and ginger. I know bee pollen is really good. And obviously ginger is too. Yeah. I take bee pollen supplements randomly. Interesting. Lane. I'm never thinking beat pollen. My mom, so my mom is like, after she listens to this, I'm willing to bet my mom will message you privately about this and probably buy some. Uh, my mom's very into like kind of holistic health. Yeah. Great word for that, actually, because that's probably what I would describe. But she's Brazilian. Brazilians are very kind of like voodoo and like fake health kind of shit. Spiritual. Spiritual yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, mom, my, mom's, my mom's very anti-drug. Yeah, my wow. mom's very anti-drug, but she just, she'll see something and she can be, hey, if this is good for you, she'll do it. Like it's, She's not one that is gonna do something crazy, but at the same time, okay, B Paul is fine, little by little, and she—I think she believes in everything in moderation too. That's, yeah, for that's sure. That's how I see it. So, I remember when you guys said this to me, I took it, loved it, great. I'm a reoccurring, cu- well, I guess I'm not a reoccurring customer, but I'm I'm there. Can I ask you because you, um, like I know there's times like you're pretty, like we're both similar, we're pretty hyper people, we want to be go go go. But I know sometimes you talk about like you know when you're like have a lot going on, especially with cast stuff going on, like. You say like you need to be up on like you you get into bed and your mind would race at, at like all that stuff. Did you find because like when I microdose, I felt like a lot calmer. Like I wasn't like I just didn't feel like I need to move as fast. I'm like you know I'm gonna get there when I get there. Like I know I was I was a little bit more chill. Stuff didn't bother me that normally irritates me. And I'm a very irritable person. Like stupid shit will piss me off. Like did you find yourself at all? Do you like you remember? Do you know if you're more um, calm? Uh, I can't remember because you're right. Like the placebo effect does matter. When I first did, I'm like whoa. Like am I? Did I feel anything? And I was like, okay, let me just calm down for a second and think about it. And like, you can notice certain behavioral things and stuff, but like, uh, yeah, you don't know? Through, no, I, don't, I can't. I can't remember. It was a while ago, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Mind you, I just found, so I found two more packs. So nice. I got the lover pack and the other one and the regular. Nice. So that's why I went on the website today to buy some. And what's the website again so people remember? Yeah, the website is schedule35.co. Co. The Instagram is at schedule35 underscore. Yeah. Uh, but I noticed you guys were sold out of everything. Yeah, business is well, good. We went to buy something. Business today. is booming. Business is good, <laughs> uh, but we are like with every other company in the world right now facing certain supply chain issues, which is why we haven't been able to restock yet. Uh, but we're working really hard on that. This is gonna be out in, in a in little while. Yeah. Do you guys do you anticipate okay, by that point? Like yeah. when this air should 100%. be okay. Okay, cool. Well, again, so I guess how the supply chain affected your like kind of holiday season? It was this historic. I guess you've only been around since COVID, but or pre-COVID, this would have been your second holiday season. Yeah, this would have been our second holiday. Were you season. anticipating like a, a like a big surge in sales? Yeah, for sure. For I feel sure. like because in January a lot of people start to get their kind of health in order. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Was, was last year a bit like January the holiday season a big time for yeah, you? Yeah, we we wanted to tap into like Black Friday sales for Canada, um, Christmas sales obviously, and then like you said, man, you should work in marketing. Uh, yeah, January everyone wants to be on their shit, so that's the perfect time to put the proper messaging out there. This is something that helps you, you know, get where you want to get to. Yeah. What? Oh, sorry, what? I was just saying, cause yeah, it, it's such a, sh- I don't want to say shitty thing, but again, I would have bought some for my mom or something today. Again, for January 1st, new year, new me, new health, blah, 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 all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so when do you anticipate you're going to get more in? We're hoping 
fingers crossed by end of next week the latest oh Which so is, okay yeah middle of december middle yeah, of december, late december. Yeah. Yeah. so you're yeah. by the time this airs you're good you're yeah, restocked yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to ask about the education side because that's obviously always the hardest part, like especially when you're like a first mover, um, yeah. like, you know, someone coming in or you first or near the early part before it becomes mainstream, um, especially stuff like, you know, the, you know, marijuana was different. Like the first dispensary to open up didn't have to convince people to buy marijuana because it doesn't have the stigma around it. Um, maybe some to some degree, but for the most part, no, I'd say I'd say like psilocybin, that kind of stuff, psychoactive stuff probably a little bit more um, like what I guess what is the biggest challenge besides from this old stigma what's the biggest challenge and like what do you guys typically do to like educate is it stuff on your website is it like going to conferences and speaking what do you guys what what's the what's your approach to like kind of helping change that and drive business to yourself and being kind of that educator yeah for sure so we definitely one of the things that we saw going into the mushroom world um, besides you know all these companies having sketchy websites and all that kind of stuff was was that it was really hard to find a central location to find just information on how much should I take, how often should I take it. You know, you, you had to kind of really pull from a whole bunch of different sources and do a lot of research. Um, so we like to make it really easy through our Instagram carousel posts. Um, we have a really good designer on the team uh, and he's able to really package the information in a really informative but entertaining kind of way where you're kind of learning but you're also admiring the design work so it's like it's really seamless so that's one thing that we like to focus on and then we're in the middle of revamping our website and then once that's revamped we really we really want to hit the blog section really hard cool. with people's stories and just more information on on, on everything microdosing related that's cool i think that's one of the areas i, I find that's under like you know underutilized blogs are a big thing back in the day but that's one place like I used to be big on Instagram, social media, all that stuff. I kind of got rid of them. I did like a little cleanse. But always for me, like with new brands or trying to find out a story about a company, why they do it and all that stuff, I love reading blogs. I think that's a great way. I mean, obviously the world's moving more towards like video and short yeah, attention, all yeah. that stuff. But I think that's super important, like being that repository of like knowledge. I use it just like, easy example like something like coinbase like i'm not big into crypto kind of dabble in it here and there like i'll just scroll through their feed and i'm like oh this is cool i didn't know about this and i read about that and it, i think it really helps sorry your feed on their blog on their on their like app which yeah. is like they have little blog post yeah, right yeah. Yep. um i it's super helpful yeah there's think, a lot of value and it builds the trust too i think if you're yeah. giving away that exactly. stuff free that's honestly what thing. it is building trust because if you because we're convincing people to buy drugs online for people they don't know so you have to a be seen as the authority figure, yeah, and then build trust through education. So that's definitely something that we knew early on, and you know, as a mission that we're committed to. That's awesome. Good for you guys. But yeah, I, I, oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say I love the carousel posts, like most common microdosing protocols. Yeah, it's just Quick, very easy. easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can send it to a friend. You can screenshot it. You know, it's just very easy. informative and and just just Here, here's really how nice. to get the most out of your microdosing journey. Yeah, and, and it, intentional it, with a little follow oh, schedule. Cool. Yeah, so see like track the progress. Like the book that I'm reading about, like the psilocybin, thing, it has stuff like that as right. well. It's a lot longer form, and like yeah. that's definitely the like much more aesthetically pleasing way to read it. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Yeah, and it's a great way to like actually showcase your voice as a company. You know, these are moments where you can, hey, this is who we are. Yeah, how we speak to you is who we are, yeah. and, and that's how customers really get to know Schedule Thirty Five and how we've built such a loyal following and such a strong community. Good for you guys. That's very cool. I think that's going to be that. like that. It's it's. I mean, it's the good, the blessing and the curse, right? Being the people that educate, you naturally build like the um, what's the word? I'm like like um, 
like the rapport, you build that, like the trust, right? Like with your community, people look to you like, oh, okay, Schedule 35 taught me all this stuff. I got into it. Um, and they stay a little more, I think I would assume more loyal to a brand. It's like, oh, these guys mm-hmm. kind of got me from being terrified of this stuff to like, you know, maximizing my potential, if you all those stories. So people stay a little more um, loyal. But I think it's also the curse, right? Because like having to change that stigma that's so ingrained. Because I think the, one of the bigger things that stops people from trying something like, like microdosing, for instance, like even though it's proven, there's no, like there's no psychoactive, like you're not gonna hallucinate by microdosing. Um, I guess for the most part. Yeah, you're, um, you're definitely. Yeah, you need to like, take like. It's I think also the stigma know? of like, oh, you know, if I do mushrooms, then I'm like a, a hippie, or I'm like, you know, it's weird, like, you know, like it. It's just that side of it. More the social stigma, yeah. I guess, is more important than like, because deep down, everybody's kind of like, you know, everyone's curious in some regard. You know, the people, sorry, people who never didn't really smoke weed. Or try edibles, but when OCS got it, it's like, oh, it's it's okay now. It's fine. It's normal. It's okay. Everyone's kind of curious in that regard, and I think that for you guys, that's kind of the challenge, right? It's like, you know, if I do that, am I a bad parent, or you know, am I gonna not be able to get my job done? But really, it's it's again, it's something that comes from the earth. It's like it's you know natural. It's normal. You're a company that obviously takes a lot of pride in what they do, but that's another hurdle you have to overcome. It's not just like the legality and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's, people it's, not being like they don't want to be associated with that kind of thing, right? Exactly. It's, it's just a lot of hurdles in general, whether it be like legal or social or, mm-hmm. you know, those things of those nature. Have you guys seen since starting, um, let me phrase it properly, like, have you seen like, you know, from where you were to where you are now, a lot more people are coming out, like becoming more regular users, or a lot of people, a lot of new customers. Yeah, for sure. We, we're very engaged with our community through Instagram DMs. We answer every single DM. We're very timely with it. We go very in-depth with all the questions they have. Um, and we've seen such, like, literally amazing responses where it's like, oh, you changed my life. I had depression. I had ADHD. I, you just brought so much joy to me that I didn't oh, wow. know that I had before. Or maybe they're going through a really shitty time during the pandemic and it didn't feel like there was light at the end of the tunnel. And, and someone just needs a little bit of you know, just a little bit of step in their day, a little bit of oomph to kind of just set them in the right track and just be happy and be more joyful. And if we're able to provide that, it's like honestly amazing. Yeah. It's interesting. I think a lot more people should read that. I just, I'm not finished the book yet, but Carl Hart, but um, what's it called? Drug use for adults. And I think it's supposed to like, he deems it as like drug use for responsible adults. And he determines that adults, like people that, you know, can do this stuff without, um, underlying personality disorders and like you know underlying conditions but he, like he highlights so many uh, positive effects of different drugs and also how many like how the the negative effects are so overblown relative to the positive effects that come from it i mean he even like breaks down the the opioid crisis how it's like everyone hears about the opioid crisis and i think he pulled out a, uh, a study and a statistic that highlights that like you know, the world hears that everyone's addicted to painkillers or, or heroin. And in fact, it's of, of all like opioid and heroin users, only like, which is still a big number, but only like something like just under 30%. And I could be getting that wrong. Um, Danielle might have to check that. But it's like under 30% are addicted where the remaining 70 are like functioning adults. Well, not necessarily heroin, like op- anyway, right. yeah. are functioning, go to their jobs, get their job done, take care of their families, all that kind of stuff. Um, that's obviously a lot more severe and more um, yeah, I a harsher drug than like a, it definitely was a very political thing. Uh, I think it probably happened during like the war on drugs when yeah. whichever president was involved, Reagan or it was whatever Reagan, it was, Reagan, yeah. you know, where drugs got a really bad rap, you know, weed, mushrooms, all these kind of things. And, and now, thankfully, um, research is supporting all these things. Yeah. You know? Well, if you think about the 70s and 80s, like marijuana was kind of like hippies and everything. It wasn't looked at as like a dangerous drug by the common person. It was more 
you smoke weed, you're a hippie. Then yeah. in the 80s, you know, cocaine. 60s. 60s Sorry. would be hippies, I think. Yeah. And then, what, the 70s and 80s was cocaine. Yeah, you know, yeah. You have the, the scar Cocaine and, and crack cocaine, yeah, all that and kind all of that stuff. And, okay, you had the crack cocaine were kind of more associated with the lower class and the poor. The regular cocaine was more associated with, like, business suits and whatever, yeah, something yeah. like that. Which is interesting. Sorry, I'm, I'll let you finish your thought. It's interesting because Carl Hart talks about that and mm-hmm. the discrepancy. You, uh, this punishment for pose- possession of crack cocaine versus cocaine is 10 to 1, so 10 years to 1 year. The person who sells the most crack cocaine are typically black or Latino males. The person who consumes the most crack cocaine is white males, which is crazy. So, like, you see the despair. He even talks about the disparities between the, cro- the punishments for carrying certain things and how it, um, how it targets, like, lower class, um, lower class or lower social status um, races and people where the consumers are still, like, you know, the, the white male, but the punishment is a lot less severe if, like, you know, yeah, you don't, it's, you don't it's understand it's what I'm saying. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't cut your thought no, off. No, I wanted to jump in. On I was that. just gonna say, and then I feel like in the '90s and 2000s, like all drugs were deemed bad. You know, it's like growing up, drugs were just bad, bad, yeah, bad, yeah, everything. Yeah. And then, okay, then you start to slowly hear about, okay, the positive effects on the body of CBD, and, and then you get into microdosing. Who knows what the next thing is? I, I don't know, but there's obviously, you know, as the world evolves and technology evolves, we're gonna find more uses for some of these other drugs. Maybe microdosing LSD will be the next thing. I, I don't know, but you can kind of see that as the world and technology gets smarter and more advanced, you can f- start to see these other things. Like imagine telling someone in the early 90s that mead, weed was going to be legal for medicinal purposes. It's people crazy, smoking, yeah. uh, people you know, doing chemo and who have cancer are going to be smoking weed or taking CBD pills for pain. You know, like 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been a thought. Now it's basically a regular occurrence. So you read blogs, you see it in the news all the time. And, you know, that's because we've evolved. Technology's evolved. There's been, a, like, technological and medical advancement. So I think the biggest thing, to your point as well, like, that's part of it. I think one of the big things is the free flow of information more than ever. Like, in the 70s, when, you know, when you got home from dinner, you turned the news on and you watched whatever his name is, Walter Cronkite, tell you about all these deaths and crack and this. Today, like... You can go on Google and say, hey, let me find psilocybin. You can yeah. start a psilocybin company. Yeah. So I think it's like, you know, you can, um, you're able to find like a, any information you want to find. It might not always be the best. You might find janky websites. Um, but you can get, you can formulate your own understanding and not be pushed the narrative from one side or the other because of what your parents watch, let's say. So you watch that news and now you believe that as well. You can get, become more informed. Um, I think which really helps. And that even like younger generations now, like, we were born in like the internet age, right? Like Facebook kind of got us there. Now kids today are born with like phones in their hand and it's going to get to your point, the technology will advance more, but that just means at their fingertips, they can find out whatever they want to find out. Um, and you, you know, people can only like the governments, and the media can only, only hide positive effects for so long and just try to skew the narrative. Eventually guys like Carl Hart, I'm sure other, other um, professionals and scientists are going to write papers saying, Hey, we've done this study. Like this is public information. Now you can access it. Um, I think that's going to start to move faster and look faster. At, look at Elon Musk. He's a great example, right? You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, to have a, the, one of the richest men in the world to openly, like, smoke weed on podcasts and stuff, you'd be like, what the f- like, yeah. This is crazy. Oh, you fight me in jail. Yeah, now it's like he can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. Like, So it's just kind of one of those kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, Elon is crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah, but again, he's, I think, one of the top five richest men no, in the world. The, he is the richest. He's, he's number, number one, one right now, yeah. Number yeah. one, I think, he, like, at one point recently, he alternated. No, more than that. I think two hundred and something billion. Am I wrong? Well, how much is Elon Musk worth? Two hundred and thirty-three billion, I think. I know it was a thirty-three. Yeah, maybe if it's two hundred thirty-three, it's insane. a lot. I don't know. Yeah, it is it because is. he ended up saying there was like six. Two hundred ninety-seven billion. It's an insane amount. Uh, anyway, switch, switching back a little bit, I want to ask about the um, psychedelic convention you went to. What's that like? 
Yeah, so there like was... like a typical convention where you walk in, everyone's sitting down, just chilling? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. So it was uh, out in Vegas. It was uh, sweet. hosted what by a company called uh, Meat Delic. What's uh, it called? Meat Delic? Meat Delic. Meat Delic. Yeah. Oh, think, cool. Yeah. Um, Is it recently? Yeah, this was early November. Cool. Uh, nice. Yeah, so like a month ago. Yeah, a month ago. Um, they rented a really cool venue called Area 15. Um, it's like a spot that always has like people renting out the venue and all that kind of stuff. Uh, two different stages, a whole bunch of speakers, a whole bunch of booths. You can walk around. And it was just cool to see like everyone in the industry like doing all types of stuff from microdosing products to this to that to you know personal seminars to meditation guides to like whatever it was surrounding psychedelics there was just everyone and anyone in it that's dope did you did you go down like strictly did you go down to, for, like, to find anything from like a business perspective or was it just more like a education like, education yeah be, be curious see what's out there yeah it was a bit of like everything like since we're since schedule 35 is for sale in the u.s now we knew that we had to be out there, be a part of the conversation, you know, just meet the people, you know, that we're doing business with, um, just meet the industry overall. So it was a bit of let's get to know who we're in this world with and kind of just learn some things, too, because there's so much to learn. And it was definitely a eye opening experience. What's it like, uh, I guess, lob- lobbying with kind of government officials or politicians? Like, do you have to is there a fight with I don't know, Qu- Queens, uh, Queens Park or whatever to get this approved and make it? level whatever yeah, yeah, yeah i think there's a lot of different was such a terribly worded question <laughs> no, i understand what you're saying though you, you said guys, level you guys, one you meant schedule you guys get what yeah. i'm talking about <laughs> make it a level one people know what i'm talking we understand. about <laughs> we follow that no there's, there's definitely a bunch of different uh social activist groups that are you know petitioning to you know reduce this uh like take it out of the you know from being a legal drug to decriminalizing it to hopefully one day legalizing it um, I think every state is different in the U.S. In Canada, I'm not sure who's really doing that, but I'm sure there's parties that are doing that. Do you guys plan to get involved at that level, or are you just more like, let's just see what happens and bide our time and wait? Yeah, we we don't want to be too... Um, so one of the things that we are worried about, uh, you know, to be transparent, is being the company that's made an example out of. True. So as much as we want to push the boundaries and put our name out there and fight the good fight, we also want to hang back a little bit and let someone else kind of be the loud voice in the room. You know what I mean? Just yeah, to kind I, of see how these things play out because you never know what happens. I mean, listen, you have the example. Like, it's a fair example and I'm not, this is, I don't have an affiliation one or the other, but like, for example, Adamson's barbecue at the beginning of the pandemic right. was, what he was standing for was great, maybe a little bit too much of the loud voice in the room and, you know, obviously it was made an example of, but yeah, great it's, food, it's, it's, it's great food. It's around Holy the corner God. from my co- the the location that it happened at, which it opened maybe a couple months before the pandemic. It's next to my condo. I didn't even know it was there. Drove by one day, and funny story: the day that like that thing happened, I was driving home, um, passing by, and I look over, and I was like, "Oh, there's like a bunch of what the hell? There's like news cars. There's a line of people. I thought it was closed." I was like, I don't understand what's going on. I see my like, I was a group chat with like Ricky and some buddies, and they're like, "Oh, you see what's happening in the news." I get home, I turn on, and that's when it all happened. I saw it all transpiring. But anyways, I I see what you mean. I definitely don't, yeah, don't disagree. Like, it's hard. You got to take a fine line. You can you can push the boundary and be like, come out as like a folk hero kind of thing, or you can get made example of. And you know, if if you're passionate, what you do want to have like longevity and yeah, exactly. So we're just trying to balance the two. You know, we definitely are doing what we can. You know, supporting the good causes. You know, we donate to certain uh, communities and certain um, things that we really believe in. Um, but we also don't want to be too too out there. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, it, it makes it tough on the marketing end, to be honest. 
just to like, oh, should we do this or should we not? Yeah. Is this too, is this too much or? Yeah. You got to kind of be careful not to be too much in the spotlight. Yeah. You tiptoe. Yeah. You got to just, yeah, exactly. Once it gets legalized, then it's pushed the boundaries. Then yeah. It's, and then it's, it's like, then it's go time. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good though. Listen, you like biding your time. You're, you yeah. know, you're kind of tinkering and all that in the background, which is nothing wrong with that either. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if I can ask this and I don't even know if it's like a trade secret, but how do you guys determine, or I guess when, when you're mixing whatever goes into the, to the microdose, mm-hmm. like, do you guys pick certain mushrooms? Is it like you based on what's growing? Is it certain suppliers? Like how does that process work? Yeah, it's definitely not a trade secret. We're very open about like a lot of things with the company. Um, it's no real rocket science. What we do, we, so we use the strain golden teacher. Uh, it's one of the more, sorry, pop- it's called the what? Golden teacher. Yeah. It's one of the more like popular uh, strains. Educational. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's much more insightful, much more because there are some that are like. That's very, the one that I microdose as well. Yeah, I've done there are it, some yeah. that are like more body high. There are some that are more like like you see crazy visuals. You know what I mean? But Golden Teacher is a really well balanced one. And we grow so typically shrooms are grown out of manure just because it's cheap. You knew that? It's very, it's very good at what it does. It's very good as fertilizer, mm-hmm. but you often get this thing called like gut rot where you know your stomach doesn't feel too well and that's because there's manure in your body so we instead grow out of coconut choir which is the shell of the coconut Interesting. Um, it takes a bit more work but that's what we use um and it's really just grinding up the mushrooms measuring them properly and putting them in the capsules so it's not real rocket science what we're doing we're just making it easier uh for the average person to get accurate dosages very cool yeah. ah. what does the dose vary for someone i, I don't know let's take an average Average male, Vinyl average male, an average female to an average male. Yeah, like five. You're five nine. I don't know, a hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, hundred eighty pounds. Five, like one, hundred pounds. Yeah, I would say on if you really want to kind of like, it's like if you want. Some days you have a small coffee. Some days you have a large coffee. Right. Fair. If you want a large coffee, I would say closer to like two hundred milligrams. And if you want a small coffee, probably around hundred milligrams. So on the days that I have like a ton of stuff going on, if I'm running around, if I'm talking to a lot of people, I might take 200. If I'm just kind of more at home in front of my laptop and I just want a little, you know, a little spruce to my day, then I'll take 100 milligrams. You take daily or? I do like every two or three days. Yeah. And do you use it as like a replacement at for, like are you a coffee drinker? Or I take it with my coffee. Okay. Yeah. So it ha- it's, it's kind of like my little ritual. I have my peanut butter jelly sandwich. I have my coffee. Is that you have every morning? <laughs> peanut butter jelly? Yeah. That's your I thing? still love that. I don't know. I love peanut butter jelly sandwiches. I have them like as a treat. I don't have them often. Oh, I have it every morning. It's, Come on. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. I, it makes you feel like a I kid respect again. that. That's, that's, I respect that. You cut off the edges? No. No. Okay, no. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you go what kind? Like white bread, whole wheat bread? Uh, so right now I'm going to bag of white because okay. the whole wheat was sold out, but I tried to do whole wheat. <laughs> but white bread, peanut butter and jelly white bread, is no, nothing compares to it. Yeah, it's but like you just feel guilty when it's white bread. Do you, <laughs> do you remember like growing up, or no, this is before us, but I remember watching the videos where they said like white bread was like the, yeah, the yeah, best yeah. bread in the world. so good for you. It's like, no. And you realize it was No, <laughs> no. Really? Yeah, My what? dad from when I was a kid said, don't eat that bleach crap. Yeah. There's a lot of bleach, there's sugar think, in it. Yeah, 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 white yeah, bread yeah. came out in what, the 60s or 70s? I don't know. Dempster. Yeah, or whatever. Whatever. Wonder bread. And they promoted it as like the Probably good, not, new, maybe best before bread. before that. Maybe like the 20s or 30s. Yeah, probably. and now I know it's like, now, again, everybody knows that like white bread's but not the best bread. But it is for making sandwiches. Like if you're going to have like a Nutella sandwich or a PB&J, yeah. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> Bread is the best bread. Like, uh, Yeah, that's crazy. I've never, honestly, I've never met someone who eats it every morning or like yeah, every morning, regularly. Man. I'll have it. I Honestly, I keep <laughs> peanut butter and jelly and I'll have it occasionally. I feel cool when I have it. That's not respect. You yeah, don't like it, peanut butter jelly? No, not a peanut, not a peanut. What's your like? What's your nostalgia? Is that so? It's like you're like nostalgic, like. Yeah, it like, just makes you feel good. 
and then and then I have my <laughs> cup of coffee, which makes me feel like an adult. So it's like I feel good, and I gotta be an adult. So let's get some shit done. Okay, you know fair. I mean? You get that balance. Yeah, I'm just in a positive mindset. <laughs> okay, right, respect. Right out, right out of bed. Rick, what about you? What's your like uh, nostalgic childhood thing? Food that you still, or sorry, what is the one that you still kind of go to today? As uh, I don't know, I got that's a good one, uh, but I'd probably say Fruity Pebbles. The cereal? Do you have it often? Not anymore because they stopped selling the good ones in Canada. But when I go down to the States, I buy tricks because the tricks in the States is very similar to what the Fruity Pebbles yeah. used to be. So I bring back a box every That's now and then. Yeah, Fruity Pebbles. What's yours? Probably PB&J. I don't eat it often, but that or like a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, oh grilled cheese. And lately, yeah. I've been make, yeah. lately I've been making oh. a few. I've been making... Like, Late at night? Those are things that oh, just hit different. You know what my problem is? <laughs> my, my, favorite, sorry, my favorite sandwich, though, is like... um, What's it called? Um... A cu- uh, Cuban sa- what, what am I thinking of? Cuban sandwich. Yeah. Is it cute? No. No, no, no. no. Like cured I, meats and it's like, like a, a, it's like a Montreal smoked meat, but it's with sauerkraut and, and thing. You know what I'm talking about. I don't. I can't think of his name. I do. While you're saying that, I'm gonna talk. While you're thinking about that, I'm gonna tell you my uh, Ruben sandwich. Oh, yeah, Ruben, yeah, uh, Ruben's my go-to, but anyways, Mac, and, but like, uh, anyways. My, uh, every time I make there. a grilled cheese, I always end up not making a grilled cheese on its own. So I'll, like, I'll have the cheese. I'm like, ah, okay, I might as well put some meats in this, right? So I'll throw a couple like cold cuts in there. I'm like, ah, okay, I might as well throw an egg in it because it's usually in the morning. I hate that. I'll make like a sandwich this thick. And I'll put it on the frying pan, put some oil and some butter. <laughs> it won't melt, fry, eh? No, I'll fry both sides of the bread, too. Then you put the, you know, the weighted uh, tops? I don't have you one You ever have a weighted yeah, top yeah. for a pan? Yeah, yeah. To grill it? Yeah, so I'll put that like down. Like a burger press. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of watch all the oil come out, and it's just the butter, and then both sides of the bread are toasted. And I'm like, how do I go from, like, a grilled cheese sandwich, two slices of cheese, to this, I don't know, three-inch thick sandwich. <laughs> well, I got to say, I want to sell this like little, not debate, but difference of opinions because me and Ricky have a differing opinion of how we eat foods. Oh, yeah, that's a good I one. Can't watch Rick, I can't watch Ricky. I mean, I can, but like it, it pains me to watch him eat. So like, and we're going to ask you how, you how you typically eat. So when you have a plate of food, let's uh-huh. say for argument's sake, it's, I don't know, like Thanksgiving, you have turkey, you have like a little bit of everything. Yeah, Thanksgiving's yeah. a good one. Will you eat like, you know, cut a bite, have a piece of turkey? Or in a piece of mashed potatoes, or will you do like cut some turkey, put some mashed potato on it, put some put some like uh, whatever, a bunch of stuff in one bite and have it all in one bite. So do you separate the foods, or do you mash them together? Uh, It depends. I think I do a bit of both. Interesting. I I think to start off it's the very meal, politically correct I, answer on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I, I think to He's start. Watching, like, Fuck, I, I think to, to start off the meal, I eat it individually, but then you take the turkey and you scrape all the mashed potato together to clean off the plate. That's how you kind of do it. Okay, okay fair, that's fair. fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like right from get go. Like we were Just supposed to go to, together. We were supposed to go to Zoro's today, and Zoro's is my best example because I'll have Fridays I'll, though. Friday one. Yeah, I'll, I'll cut up a little piece of the broccoli, with a little piece of the steak, and I'll throw in a little mashed potato too. And oh my god, I'm not going to lunch I now. Eat, I like all three. Hate that. I love combining the flavors. I hate it so the pro- much. You know the best no, that I'm- sounds like a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. We uh, I might- wait. Sorry, if they, if I'm eating, I'll eat like a shepherd's pie. Like, not often, but like no, if I do, pie, I'll, that's made. Like I'll that. eat that because that's what it's meant to be. And shepherd's pie was made for like you know the scraps and shit. So when I see someone eating like a good, especially when it's a good place, it's a good piece of meat, wow. and I see that, I'm like, dude, like. What is wrong with you? I love this is like a, you're like a New York strip boy. I put it all like, together. Yeah, I love it's it. It's a party, man. You know, you got, you know, you got like you got Chinese food. I got okay. I got noodles. I got rice. I got. Whatever. Sorry, that might be different. Like, imagine going to Mandarin. Mandarin? Oh, I just throw everything on the plate and yeah, I'm just putting yeah, a fork yeah. in the middle. Come on, everything? <laughs> uh, not everything, but I got at Mandarin. I'll do like noodles. I'll do the rice. 
I'll do a spring roll. I do the like right, but like you don't sweet bite them all chicken. together. I'll literally have a, a fork full of like three different <laughs> items. Spring roll, spring roll in one mouth, like little bit of spring roll. That's disgusting, man. I loved it. I love it. Anyways, I'm not I judging. I don't know where my point I, was coming from. Yo, you wait. Do you smoke? Do you smoke up often? No, because that sounds like someone who like has the munchies and I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I just love food. Same, I just love food. Yeah, that's no, definitely same. munchy behavior. No, but no, it's interesting, right? Because like I see it, and I'm like, how do you eat like that? Especially like, when it's, uh, if it's like you're, you know, you're getting like we were on the RV for our road trip. Yeah, we were eating like we were eating like Michelinas with like uh, salad. We were eating a bunch of trash food. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Noodles, like that. Ah, okay, I can understand. Like trying to enhance the flavors, but man, when I, sometimes I see Rick and like we'll go to like a nice place, and I'm like, I got a question. You feel George. I got a question for you. Okay. You have a piece of chicken on your plate, okay, you, and you have a separate salad. They're two separate things. I don't. Put, sorry, ask the finished question. Do you take a bite of the? Do you have like cut up a piece of the chicken and then grab a little bit of salad? So it's like a chicken salad. No, I don't like. I'm not a big fan of chicken salad. Oh, okay, so that doesn't count. Like it depends. Like I might make like a tuna salad and mix it together. Yeah, for or me, like if I got, but no, I'll eat my chicken by itself. I know. Let's say when like I have like frozen chicken in the freezer, I'll take it out microwave and I'm like, shoot, I got no sides or anything. I don't have any rice. I'll make a salad. <laughs> I cut up the chicken and I don't like putting the chicken in the salad because then it's like not evenly dispersed. Right, right, right. You might get distributed. a distributed. Yeah. You might you might only get a fork. Right, yeah. You might get a fork of just salad and no chicken. So, so why so it's fine? Just eat the, no, eat the salad. I'll have a salad. I'll keep my plate with my little piece of chicken on it. I'll cut it up one bite. Stick the fork in there, but the problem is at my office I only got these little crappy little plastic forks, so I can't. So you're gonna get a healthy bite of salad. <laughs> what I have to do is I literally have this massive fork at my office, and I use it every day. It's a massive fork. Dude, chicken you're, salad. Yeah, you're, you're, I love food. Though. See, I love. Food. It's also everyone is raised different, and I've learned this. I give Rick a hard time about this, but like the same time is like. My dad is a very particular guy, like me. And my dad grew up like he owned restaurants, so for him the. And this is also subjective, like the proper like etiquette ways to do that. Oh, yeah. But etiquette's bullshit. You do whatever the hell you want. People say don't wear white after Labor Day. Who or, like, gives your a shake shit? Shake is supposed to be rare and has yeah, to be yeah. Rare, like you right? can do whatever you want. And it's funny because like me seeing that, I'm like, oh, I can never do that. And like my like personally, I think now because I've grown up that way. Um. Anyways, yeah, I find like I give you a hard time for it, but like everyone is raised differently. Like oh, some people man. like eating that way, like weirdos. I love um, it. <laughs> some people like to eat oh, classy, you know. I love it. Actually, one of my favorite weird food things is blending up. Soup, putting it in a mug and drinking. My yeah, soup. but that's that's fine. That, Wait, like different types of soup? Uh, so when I was about eighteen, right before Western, I got my wisdom teeth taken out, and I'd worked out all summer. I was like, I'm gonna go to Western, so Jack, blah blah blah, and I got my wisdom teeth taken out. And everyone says it's like, kind of like getting mono; you lose like ten pounds, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And I was like, Mom, I can't lose, I can't lose weight. I, we gotta figure this out. <laughs> so my gotta, mom literally made like t- five different types of soups, blended them all up into smoothies, basically. And would put them in a mug for me, and I would just drink them like. Imagine oh having your morning tea, but it's a soup. That sounds like some cereal man, killer shit. It's like, it's, it's like a, if you put like a chicken, it's like a cream chicken. Yeah, soup yeah, it's or like a cream chicken soup, but it's in a mug. Oh man, oh, I still oh, do it man. to this day. That's, that's crazy. Okay. Blending soup. soup sounds like an atrocity. Oh no, it's <laughs> man. See, that's the only place I agree with him. I can. Yeah. I, that's like, weird. Chicken noodle soup has to be chicken noodle. Cream of mushroom has to be cream of mushroom. No, no, but it's yeah, it's the same soup. It's just blended. I'm not mixing what, chicken so, noodle oh, with cream I thought, I thought you were oh, putting man, like fucking, yeah, five <laughs> different soups no, together, man, bro. I was no. like, what is going sometimes on? Get, like, <laughs> sometimes I'll get like mis- sometimes I'll have like chicken noodle soup from like Campbell's or whatever. There's not enough noodles. I'll grab like Mr. Noodles. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I thought you were blending like... I'm just looking for some more noodles. Like guys. soup together. No, like, what color is this thing? <laughs> 
you know, you're a little kid. And you go to the, like, I guess you, maybe you guys don't know this. After hockey tournaments, we'd go to like the local pub or whatever to eat between games. And like, there's always like, three kids at the end of the table mixing everything in that random glass. You got like ketchup. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like kids' wife over there. We at weddings. Whoa, okay. My cousin's banquet, um, George, uh, Crystal Fountain is there, Chris Douglas. We uh we would do the dumbest shit there. We'd like have a glass of table, pour a little Coca Cola, Tabasco, sugar cube. Yeah. Like, and then like, you no one would drink it. No, everyone everyone would chicken out. I never. I don't think anyone ever drank it. Um, we got on a little like side tangent, tangent here, but to jump back, um, so to talk more about Southside, I want to ask you a personal experience. Yeah, and sure. I, if, I, if you don't answer, say no comment. Um, have you ever done a heroic what they call a heroic dose? Yeah. So sorry. What's a heroic dose? A, you can maybe heroic dose is like four grams and up usually, and that's kind of oh shit! You, I thought it was less than that. four grams. Yeah, two is kind of the start of a re- re- uh, recreational dose where wow. you kind of get in that zone. You might you know your visuals are a bit distorted. You have okay. a really good time. You have intense body buzz. Four grams is up when they kind of they call it heroic dose because you kind of have uh, something they call an ego death, where you kind of go so deep where you you know you kind of your ego dissolves and you understand you're one with everything and you kind of see really see more truth if you will um so the most i've ever done is five grams wow uh and it was a great time <laughs> it was a great time so so t- yeah walk yeah. like if you don't mind like yeah, can yeah you explain sure. like what it was like and like ego death to like do you want to explain that a little bit more so like people listening can yeah for sure so typically how i think how everyone does shrooms is you know you eat a bunch you're at the cottage, you sit around the campfire, you sit at the beach, whatever, you're kind of like talking to your friends and it all kicks in. And we, we found that, from my personal experience at least, those are kind of like hit or miss experiences because you're just so distracted by like the outside world and the vibe your friend has going on. Maybe they're not having a good time, so you're, now you're not having a good time. So what we've started doing lately, which is I think the Terrence McKenna method, which is actually like go blindfolded. You lie down, you cover your eyes, and what we added to the mix was putting on some frequency music, which sounds like spa music, like four hundred like ambient, like yeah, well, like mo- music. Yeah, it's like four hundred and twenty, her- four hundred eighty hertz or whatever like that. There's like the, fr- it literally sounds like spa music. And when you're tripping out, it feels like your brain is in the most beautiful place ever. You're so <laughs> relaxed. You're seeing memories from before. I was seeing like memories from my childhood. I was like learning so much about myself and seeing all these different things. And you kind of come out of it like fully refreshed if you will how long does this trip last uh if you take like four or five grams it'll probably be like in total like six hours but the intense part of it will probably be like three to four hours so the duration would be the same as like a normal dose but this the intensive parts are like instead of like going like this it's like yeah it's way you go way deeper and you say blindfolded the whole time yeah, we just kind of like yeah, put something over our eyes, lie down, get really comfy, and just and stay there for the whole. Yeah, and it's just like wow. you're in a, you're watching like a movie in your mind, and it's just like a great, that's really so good time. cool. Yeah, and how many times? If, like, many I've, we've done the, I've done that method twice, and I've done just the regular, you know, just taking a bunch at the cottage and hanging out with some friends. Yeah, like, a couple times too. Do you find um, from before you did it to now? Do you find that it's changed you, and, and like if it has, and like. Is there any particular thing you've learned or any way it's made you a different person, but a good, bad, or indifferent, whatever? Yeah, it's definitely made me more uh, spiritual and understanding. I'm kind of like less hard on myself for certain things. I feel like a lot of us, a lot of times, um, we're not the nicest to ourselves. You know what I mean? We're very critical of who we are, and we don't, 
you know, we're more likely to f- forgive a friend for doing something stupid versus ourselves. We're like, fuck, I should have knew better. And we kind of like hold on to it. And these are the things that really weigh you down over the years since, you know, they add up from being a kid to a teenager to being an adult. You know, we carry so much, so much shit that we should just, you know, forget our, forgive ourselves and just be nicer to ourselves. And y- you kind of get back to that moment and you realize that and you kind of are able to like let certain things go, mm-hmm. if you will. That's actually that. interesting. Like I, uh, never done like a heroic dose but on that similar vein of like um talking about how we talk to ourselves i was reading something recently i can't remember where or where i heard it but um it was about the fact that like most of us talk to our talk to ourselves in a way we would never talk to anybody else yeah like most people are so and naturally just we're so critical because we do something that probably nobody noticed and no one will ever remember you're like oh shit everyone's probably thinks i'm an idiot for doing that all these things Mm -hmm. right but it um it wasn't like a story. Anyways, whatever. But it, it, it's really interesting because it really, even just that alone, makes you stop thinking like, you know, you tell yourself you got to, you know, got to lose weight, got to do this, got to stop drinking, got to stop doing, got to stop being a loser, got to stop sitting around, all these things. It's like, would you ever tell your friend like not to do that? It's for the most part, no. Like you would never say it to your friend, your family, your loved ones, but to ourselves, we talk to ourselves like we, we're like a terrible friend to ourselves. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. true. And and even if we did want to say all these things to our friends, we 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 know better to like, and say it all at once we would say hey let's work on this one thing first mm-hmm. and then we'll work on number two and then work on number three but in our own minds it's like yo this is the list of 10 things that you got to do right now if you don't yeah. do it right now you're a piece of shit and every day we kind of like live with that and it, yeah. it's just not the best thing ever you know so you found now that after doing these kind of things it's taught you just kind of like is it more like let go and forget about it or just you know be more like honest and patient or what, what yeah, how would you describe it's it it's honestly yeah just be more honest be more patient be more caring um you know, some days you really do forget. It's it's not like you take, you know, you go on a shroom trip and you're changed forever and you're yeah. this perfect person. Um, but it's just good to like once every once in a while, I would say like once a year, do it like twice and just kind of keep yourself in check. And it's just a little, it's a little like conversation with yourself. You know what I mean? And you just kind of sit down and, you know, hey, this is where we're at. You know, this is where we're going. Let's let's give ourselves some credit for what we've done this year and what we've, you know, gone through. And let's uh, let's work hard and, you know, complete the rest of the year. Kind of like cool. that. I, I love that. Yeah. I have one more follow-up question. Yeah. Have you... Um, Make it a good one because your last two were really good. Thanks, man. Have <laughs> you... Uh, well, good guess, man. Yeah. Good answer. No, like, it's it's cool because we don't talk about that stuff on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. and I think I find it super interesting. Same here. Um, I was always in that group of like being so scared. Like, oh, mushrooms and like all oh, this freak you out. Like your brain's going to get messed up. But I find it so fascinating now. Um, just a topic in general. But uh, the would have you ever tried anything like... Um, more in lines of like uh, ayahuasca, the bogan, DMT, any of that. And if again, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. And if you haven't, like, do you intend to? Do you, do you ever want to like venture yeah, that way? So for everyone listening, ayahuasca and DMT are like definitely much more, like, way higher level than psilocybin. Um, I haven't personally. I definitely want to before I die for sure. I want to do a lot of drugs before I die. I think I'm on the same wavelength as you. <laughs> yeah, so you are holding hands in bed there. Yeah. We're, we're, just, yeah, you're ready. we're in the hospital. Man. Right, man, let's go. What are we doing today? Um, but those ones you we'll definitely... We'll do the podcast live from the, <laughs> from the, from the, from the, from the old folks home. Uh, That'd be hilarious. 90s or whatever, 60 years from now. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. But with ayahuasca and DMT, you definitely should be doing it with a guide. Yeah. yeah. Those are definitely things you just, just... It's not like you and your friends just do it. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Um... But yeah, definitely for sure. Cool. I think you, the same way you learn about mushrooms, you, you learn about yourself. I, I can only imagine what you would learn about yourself on yeah. those kind of levels. I have a fr- I have a friend who's done it. Maybe a, mul- a couple Dimitri. friends. Yeah, he went. He did the one. Um, 
Did he talk about it on the podcast? Yeah. He did, full, right? We had a full episode about oh, it. Okay, I don't remember if he did. I'd yeah, open that, it was a good, that was a good one. Um, and there's obviously Rhythmia in uh, in Costa Rica, which yeah. is a big place. And I've actually like heard a lot of people. I actually read uh, a short book. The guy who founded it actually wrote the book. It's like called Conversations with the Moon. I think it's like free on Amazon or free on Kindle or something. Um, and you hear stories of people that have done it. It's crazy. I like... I think it'd be cool. That freaks me out because, like, you hear stories, you know, when you do that kind of, like, you know, ayahuasca. You, it's, like, bark. I think it's bark from a tree that's, like, boiled down. You drink it, you either, like, throw up or shit yourself. Or, yeah, or both. Yeah. There's the documentary. There's the documentary on Netflix about. Oh, um, really? Uh, what's it called? Was that, is it Have a Good Trip? No, it's something about, uh, it's called, like, I don't know, Bad Drugs. or something. Not Bad Drugs. I don't know. It's, like. It's on, if you type in the word drugs or type in ayahuasca. Is it about ayahuasca? Yeah, there's an episode that's fully on ayahuasca and it's crazy. Is it cool? Yeah, I would, if you're interested. Maybe I'll watch tonight. Picture the episode we did with Dim that time, but like Netflix produced. Very cool. Yeah, Yeah, because the the thing. You see the good and the bad, right? Because again, with. with Are you sure it's not that good? What do you call it? Have a nice trip. Because that has celebrities in it. Yeah, that one has a lot of celebrities in it. And they talk about their experience of different drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know ayahuasca is crazy because it actually involves two different, uh, like plants. Okay. In the Amazon, and in the Amazon, there's like a million type, different types of plants. So they still don't know how they came up with the exact formula where this only works if it's th- these two different types of plants that react together. Interesting. And then once you combine it, you go on this spiritual journey. You know what I mean? So I think that's one of like the mysteries of. I've always wondered that, like even even mushrooms, if you think about it, like psilocybin, like there's there's a lot that can kill you, like wild mushrooms. Yeah. Um, there was that book into the uh, and the movie Into the Wild where they, I think, it's, I don't know if it's true if they know that he died, but they remember he ate some kind of berry or mushroom and the stripes were the wrong way and I think he died. How do you spell ayahuasca? Yeah. Um, it's really yeah, interesting A-Y- because, like, even when you think about like mushrooms really back in the day, like you walk in the Amazon, you pick up a mushroom, like you know, there's like ones you buy in a store, like yeah. white and cremini and all those, and then there's ones that can kill you, and there's ones that can send you to the moon and see yeah. your history and all that, which is which is crazy to think about, like the people that started trying them and how they determined that oh, this is gives you some kind of experience. So the the series is called Unwell. Well, it's un in brackets and well. Oh, so cool. the, there's an episode that's on ayahuasca. And the description is once reserved for indigenous uh, shamans, this powerful hallucinogen draws those hopes to unlock trauma and call addiction. Very cool. Uh, it can also cause psychosis. So it yeah, shows like the good and the bad about yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is cool because on something like that, there's obviously there's nothing's like amazing, perfect where you're not gonna have any negative side effects on doing something that you know is intense like that. Uh, but yeah, you guys should watch it. It's cool. But to that point, like that's what's interesting, right? Like, I'm, when I bring up earlier, like, talking about like how Carl Hart says, you know, the drugs aren't actually that bad. I'm like, I'm not saying that I believe everything he's saying or believe that all this other side either. Like, you you got to take everything with a grain of salt because, like, what most people don't understand, like, you know, you hear a story again, someone did acid and they were tripping for the rest of their life. There's people, I'm not a doctor, not medical advice, but people have like underlying health conditions they didn't know about, yeah. or maybe they're <laughs> they're predisposed to parent, whatever it is, and you do something that enheightens that that triggers something in that you know neural path, it's gonna obviously have an adverse effect, and everyone hears those stories. Um, but it's interesting because, you know, you hear that story about that guy who, you know, did acid and he never was the same since. But there's probably a million people, maybe more in the world that have done acid probably in the last year. And yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. hear about it, right? Yeah. So I guess it's good and bad. And I guess one thing we should say, which probably prefaces in the notes as well, is like obviously any advice on this show, anything we talked about, whatever, like people got to do their own research as well. You know, sure. talk to your own practitioners, whatever. Make sure like you do your own stuff. Don't take anything like 
yeah, yeah. It's, it's like unique. with any other drug. Every 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 person is unique, so every drug affects you differently. Even if you, you know, if you're going sur- into surgery, they'll give you different, you know, anesthesia yeah. based yeah, on yeah, your body true. type or whatever it is. Oh, it's just, you know, even over the over the counter prescriptions yeah. or sorry, over the counter drugs, whatever. Like, yeah. You should be knowing and researching what you're taking. Exactly. Right? Okay, Advil versus Tylenol. A lot of people are like, oh, cure, fixing my hangover. It's like, well, they're different. They're yeah, not yeah, the yeah. exact same. I used, like, to, I used to not know that. Like, I never knew that. I like one is like. Yeah, um, which one is ibuprofen? Advil, and then Tylenol's the other one. Um, and then uh, I can't even remember. Yeah, if you're having, if you're having a heart attack, or baby, baby Tylenol. Yeah, and then the stroke is. Uh, fuck, I should remember this. You take one for a stroke. There's heart attack and stroke. There's like little things that can Interesting, help. Interesting, I didn't know that. I don't know what the difference is, but I know what I'm. Hung I don't know what it is I'm either. Hungover, I think Advil. But I think some certain people are allergic to one or the other or something like that. Really? Yeah, liquid yeah. gels. Yeah, but um, <laughs> and then you heard the story. Uh, this is really random. Did you ever hear like, being a COVID that if you take Tylenol, it's if you like if you think you might have COVID, the symptoms, and you took Tylenol, it like exacerbates your symptoms and you can't like it gets worse. But see, I didn't, I didn't really? believe it. I didn't hear and I, I was, I had a jar of Advil, I, a Tylenol, and I ran on my Advil and I was hungover. I was scared to take that Tylenol. I was like, oh fuck, I'm gonna get COVID if I take this. But you see, like. Hypochondriac, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm actually not anymore. I used to be, used worse. To be the worst. But like, you hear that in the news, you're like, oh, f- people are getting this. Yeah. Whatever. Anyways, but no matter what, like, yeah, people got to do the research, and and it's and people should like read up on this. I mean, I read up on this. I just find it super fascinating. Um, I even have a what's the one that I have on my nightstand now? Psycho something with psychedelics. I don't think it's Terrence McKenna. Paul Stamets. Oh, uh, Paul Stamets is really no, that's yeah, not really, Paul. That's not his. Are book. you talking about uh, Michael Pollan? No, it's um. Because Michael Pollan has a really good one that I think everyone should read. It's called How to Change Your Mind. And he writes it from a perspective of someone who's not in the mushroom community or psychedelic community. And he goes through a lot of research, a lot of things, and really puts up a good case of the good and bad of everything psychedelic. It's a good one. I haven't read it. Yeah, it's a really good book. I've seen it. It's always on like Amazon on the front page and I haven't picked it up. I I like when people do that when they share both sides. Yeah. Because sometimes you read someone and say, this is the best, you know, best drug in the world. Okay, well, there's obviously negative. Or when people are like, oh, this drug has no benefit. It's okay. Well, there's obviously some. That's why people do. Even it. Like, in general, like a lot of like, and you're making a case about anything. Yeah, that's just to true. me, like the vaccine's you know, the best example. Yeah, like I, that's one thing that I like. Actually, I'll, I'll pick it up. That's one thing I like. If I read like a book, an article, anything, I'll always people will, or if I'm talking to someone and they make an argument for something, I'll always like lose. I don't think credibility because some people are super like you know, there's things that are inherently good and inherently bad or inherently true and inherently false. But I think if somebody either writes or says something and they can't speak to both sides and say, hey, this is good for X, Y, and Z, or it's yeah. could be, this could be true because of this, but it's also not because of this, or they're just firm in one side, can't see the other. I always a little bit skeptical because um, naturally, like there's very few, th- I think there's very few things in life that are definitively black and white. Um, like sure. I think physics maybe is one and things are still changing every now and then, but like, you know, the theory of relativity and like gravity, <laughs> those exist. Those are real. Like, you can't, they've been challenged over the, over millennia or centuries, I like, guess. Thousands, whatever. Long time, but like there's other things. Like, <laughs> Long time, but again, there's things like you know, again, psilocybin. You go back 40, 50 years ago, people are, they're probably the case was being made, and everyone would have said they will, they'll kill you and they'll make you your brainwash you, whatever. And obviously, that is not the case. There wasn't enough, you know, maybe not a definitive like quantitative uh, qualitative research that shows one side. But today we're seeing that change, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, anyways, I always find it fascinating if someone comes up and says this is bad for this reason or good for this, and they're so like steadfast in one way. Yeah, Especially well, because stuff is always changing. We're always finding out more about everything. It, it really lets you know you shouldn't base your morals off of what's legal. 
you need to make your own decision because you know what i mean like five years ago if you said all oh, weed smokers are terrible people because it's illegal now are they all you know what i mean like you need to make your own mind up on these things and you can't lean into governments and institutions and just because those aren't the areas where they're going to service you the best if you will they're not going to guide you the best it's just because by nature like a big group of people like i don't know if you've tried, I, if you kind of understand what I i'm understand saying i understand 100% you just what you're need saying. to like really f- formulate your own yourself. opinion yeah. yeah like it's like all the things we learned growing up like milk is good for you you know what i mean yeah, yeah. now we find out hey it's not maybe not maybe not the best yeah yeah egg yolks that and that's one of the that's actually a great point i i wholeheartedly agree i think it's from from multi from different points um Sorry if I know anyone that works in government or whatever, but like you're trusting people that that their job is to lobby votes and get people to like like you or agree with your position, um, your constituents, whatever, and then you're elected to then make the best decision for the most amount of people. But you're not necessarily doing that. You're just trying to figure out how to keep staying reelected, staying in power, mm-hmm. all this stuff. But again, this is why we don't talk politics. Besides the pol- political aspect, like you know, you're trusting people, like to. If you're trusting them to tell you what's right, what's good and bad, and what's safe, you probably have some some bigger issues. Like a hundred percent, just like formulate your own opinion on things, yeah, especially 100%. something's illegal. Like the big one of the easiest examples is the government sells and taxes cigarettes and weed, uh, cigarettes and uh, alcohol. alcohol. How many people have you heard in the last uh, I don't know how many years have you know? Um, gotten car whatever from smoking heart marijuana attacks, yeah. how many people have that have heart attacks how many have had liver disease all these things i don't know because i don't i don't know the science behind weed i'm sure there's you know, maybe there's some negative adverse effects but like alcohol makes people do terrible things Alcohol's really bad. It, it, it makes people make fools of themselves it makes people yell at their spouses and yeah. and, hit, and hit their domestic partners yeah, it makes abuse, people yeah. get into car accidents that that kill other people yeah. and themselves cigarettes is proven to cause lug cancer all these things and it's you know it it was allowed, it was pushed, and today we all, everyone knows that cigarettes are not bad. It was told that it was good for you, like it wasn't, or yeah. that it wasn't not bad. So the government allowed it because they profiteered off it, so then you were allowed to consume it. So right now, think about it. So weed today is okay, but that's because the government figured out how to set up a store and tax people that want to sell it. So once they got the means and the methods in place where they weren't missing out on the biggest chunk of the pie, then it became legal. So mm-hmm. now it's okay, but what's the difference between now and 10 years ago? Honestly, if I had to put money on it, I would venture to guess that microdose, a microdose of psilocybin at some point in the future are going to be legalized. Yeah, Whether sure, maybe not, sure. not in yeah. every state or every I, country, I but I think very, very soon yeah, it will very be. Very soon, very soon. So, it's the next step, so, right? Yeah, exactly. So when that happens, are all of a sudden now mushrooms and psilocybin are not bad for you? So now my opinion changes because the government may said it's okay yeah, exactly. to change? Like, just... the, the, if the science is there now, it's probably there just before that so anyways i like that point I've, i strongly agree with that i, uh, I yeah, do before think we get into the political i won't go on yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> uh we are gonna start to wrap up but before we do i want to know what's uh what's in store for 2022 for you personally and schedule 35 oh man um i mean let's see what, what this new variant does to us and if we can stay outside and and all that good stuff but yeah. um i think it's just a lot more of a self-development oh. journey i always want to keep getting better um, whether it be business or personal stuff. Um, I've started a new podcast recently as well with one of my best friends. Um, so that Feel was to plug <laughs> it. That one's going to be called Back to Square One. We're hoping going to be releasing episodes probably sometime in the next week or two. Beauty. Um, awesome. So it's just really, really living the life. And what I mean by that is doing things that you care about, doing, thing, 
doing things with people you care about that are good to the world and just enjoying it. You know what I mean? I think that's going to be a big focus of mine. And Schedule 35, we just have so much in store, uh, new products. We want to get into CB2, CBD2, actually. Um, we're releasing a chocolate bar. Um, awesome. There's just so many cool stuff that we really want to do, different companies we want to work with, different influencers now that we're in the U.S. Um, it's just really kind of taking it step by step and uh, and then putting it all into place. I love that. Good for you. If people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, Schedule 35, where can they go? How can they find you? Yeah, so the best place is probably Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is at everything underscore Derek, D-E-R-E-K. Um, and then from there, you can find out everything else. Beauty. Yeah. Awesome, man. Very cool. Good for you. I think it's really cool what you're doing. Appreciate Wish you the best, that. obviously, and everything. And uh, yeah, if you, you guys know? ever need any, if you guys have any guests that you know need any, absolutely, we'll, absolutely. We'll over. When you guys when you guys get some back in and everything, we'll we'll drop you a line and yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna try some too. So I'll uh, I'll, I'll hit you up. I don't have Instagram anymore, but I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll message you. Yeah, yeah, awesome. for sure. Appreciate it. And yeah. no, this was a lovely conversation, and I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. This I'm glad actually, yeah, yeah, I'm glad. I found this very interesting, and I feel like we could have gone a lot longer. Which we're we're making a habit for season two of trying to keep our episodes like. Also, we're doing seasons. Whatever, <laughs> you're the boss of this man. I don't have an opinion on it. Um, we like had a tendency to like you know most we try to keep within like an hour or yeah, yeah. fifteen, yeah. but sometimes we'd have a good conversation and and let it drag on. But we're trying to be more like direct with the questions and keep it to the thing. But I feel like we could have gone on a lot longer. Well, the best part is you're local, so we can yeah. even maybe once you uh, got one of the new products or once you start a new line yeah, or something, sure. hit us up, come back on. I would love yeah. to. Best part is is awesome. we have the studio here. We're gonna have it for a little while longer for sure. Yeah. So come on in whenever you want, and uh, are you guys upgrading to a different studio? What are you guys doing? No. We're gonna we're gonna keep this. I th- yeah, just sure. yeah, we're gonna keep it. It's just we we used it for a dual purpose. We had a startup and the podcast. So startup and now, the podcast. It's, oh, okay, now okay. it's mainly now podcast. it's just podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> not mainly. Time, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess this out. is the podcast side. That's the uh, party side now. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. And then eventually we, we might even start doing a couple live ones. Who knows? Yeah, get get some people in here. We have friends that do that. It looks some of them could be fun. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, but yeah, other than that, if you made it to the end of this episode, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. If you can do us one small favor, make sure you subscribe and send it to at least one friend to subscribe as well. We'd really appreciate that. Follow Derek on socials. Uh, Georgie, you're off socials now. Follow me at GC Boots Alice on Twitter. There we go. Follow Georgie on Twitter. <laughs> I literally me. use Twitter for crypto and fuck and yeah. crypto advice and fantasy yeah. football advice. That's so that's it. it. <laughs> Follow us at the Pals Podcast on all socials, and that is all. Until next episode. Cheers, guys. Peace. Yeah. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every eye. Got alone no one thing. You're not alright. I'm not alright.